It is less than a dollar a day. That, uh, I believe, is fairly modest because, um, I don't know, a Timmy's uh, is a lot more than that. It is fairly modest and we have to make tough choices. I'm not willing to cut service anymore. I'm not willing to see the city decline. We have to invest because if not, the city will be in decline further. That's Olivia Chow. We aired that news conference live here on 640 Toronto yesterday morning. Um, I'm checking that price right now. An original blend medium at Tim Hortons is $1.79. But I get the point. I do get the point. Gord Perks is a Toronto City Councillor, and he's kind enough to get up early and join us now. It's not quite a dollar a day, Gord. Like, we could share a coffee together and be, be in under two bucks. So there is that. There is that. Yeah, I'll come down. We'll have one. <laughs> We'd love that. We would love that. Um, is there anything that you're, you, you would press the mayor about on this budget and say, is there room for this and, or is there room for that? Um, well, I think the things that we're always trying to find more money for, transit and housing, transit and housing. That's what Toronto needs more of. Uh, we've made good investments, but, you know, it's not going to be enough for until we've had the feds come to the table and and a few more good budgets. I would give Olivia Chow a ton of credit. I know, um, listen, any, any mayor in any major cities going to have their critics and there've been mayors you've been quite critical of, and I'd say rightly so at times, but I would make the point. um, This was a masterful job of negotiation with the federal government. I think she held the feds feet to the fire here proverbially. I think she got a lot from Doug Ford, that relationship. I'd make the case court, the Ford Chow relationship has sprung more positives for the city than negatives in the first six months. Would you say that's true? Oh, yeah, it's absolutely true. I'll tell you something, Greg. I've, I've known Mayor Chow quite a while. I will never sit down at the poker table with her. I'd, I'd go home with no wallet. She is a, a masterful card player and, and negotiator, and she's fighting hard for Toronto and, and racking up some big wins that are going to make life better for people. The affordability people will bring to you, though, and I'm sure some of your constituents are asking about that, saying, I get the need for services. I get the need, the, you know, the idea. It is very much a chicken and egg thing. We can't have, as you say, transit, potholes fixed, roads. You talked about road crews last time you were on. Can't have that without putting in. Um, is there that balancing act there, or do you still have people saying, ah, it's it's a huge tax burden and I'm going to be hit by it? Well, the there are different opinions, Greg. Mm-hmm. Some people are saying that. Uh, a lot of people are saying, thank God someone's investing. So your opinions vary. But what I say back to people who talk to me about affordability, you know, how much would it cost you if you had to take a taxi to work every day or if you had to pay parking downtown? How much would it cost you if you had to pay, you know, go to the store and buy your own water? Putting money into, into public services through taxes makes the city more affordable for you. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It, people want, and, and by the way, people, you're right, people want effective government. I, I do think you can get to people and say, if you spend my money properly, take my money. If I think you're not, then um, I, I, you know, I can't vote for you next time around. Everybody's got that level of accountability if they're engaged in politics. Yeah, and that's 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 the mo- one of the most important jobs is is, you know, keeping an eye on the public service, making sure that, uh, you know, they're constantly innovating, that they're delivering the programs that they said that they would. And like you said, being transparent about it. And one of the things about the city of Toronto, I'll tell you, 
Like we, you know, as the saying goes, we make our sausage in public. Our budget documents are, are designed to make sure that people, you know, they want to know, well, how much are they spending on these uh, lunch programs that they do? And you can go and see. It's pretty easy to look up. And how much did they spend last year? And Have there been improvements? So you're right. The transparency and accountability is a big part of it. When did you spot, Gord Perks is our guest, Toronto City Councilor on 640 Toronto. When did you spot mayors or councils that you were part of start to go the other way? Mayor, Mayor Chow's talking about a, a financial boondoggle, a mess that was left on her hands by the prior mayor. And, and I'd make the case, I think any mayor is going to have a tough time in a major city post-COVID-19 for the first couple of years. That much is true. But you know the political blame game sometimes. We see it at the federal and provincial level, too. I got Doug Ford had a mess from Kathleen Wynne. You're going to see the next prime minister say Justin Trudeau left me a mess. How far do we go back and, and how far do, how long do we go back and make councils or mayors accountable? When did you start to see things shift and go, we're not doing things the right way with the, with the finances we have? You know, I think where things really go wrong is when there are politicians who say, I can cut your taxes and make your services better at the same time. Remember how some of them, and I'm not going to name names, I'm not into that, but some of them say, I can make things better with efficiencies, all of that, you know, on the, and there's all this waste and, you know, you can get more for less. You wouldn't believe that if, if a salesman told you, why would you believe it from a politician? The people, so when someone when someone is running for office and promises you that, vote the other way. That's my advice. I got two quickies for you. We saw we were just talking about a really disturbing story about a car theft um, with a sixty. It's it happened near Weston Roads Go Station with sixteen year old and a thirteen year old drive off, and there's a five year old and a four month old in the back seat. Mom's getting groceries, and they kind of shove her out of the way and take the car. I, I, I'd love. I know you know we'll, we can talk to you, and I can talk to to this counselor. But I, I, I want to see a unified front, I think, and I think most people do, to demand greater punishment for here. If we want safer streets, you hear from police, no matter where we you know, align on, on what police should be doing and what the budget should be. Police will tell you, as I'm sure they've told you, we arrest the same people all the time. We arrest the same people for the same crimes constantly. Do you want tougher penalties for things like this? No, no, I, I don't think the answer is tougher penalties. I think the answer is getting people better things to do with their time. We're seeing right across the city, a whole lot of our basic systems fall apart. That's why you're seeing, you're seeing people, uh, you know, pull out a knife on a streetcar. That's why you're seeing uh, increasing theft. Our social safety net fell apart over the last 20 years. It got worse during covid and we need to invest in preventing crime. Just just saying, you know, throw away the key, that doesn't hasn't worked anywhere ever. I watched the premier say that, but I I I think after a 13-year-old and a 16-year-old do that, I think there's got to be a a price to pay, doesn't there? What's the line? So, uh going back, do you remember Alvin Curling and Roy McMurtry? Remember those guys? Remember I, I remember Roy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They, they together did research this question, why do kids join gangs? And they, they looked at all the best social research in the world. They spent two years, thousands of page report. You know what the answer is? It's not cops. The answer is uh, youth programs. The answer is figuring out, uh, particularly if they're young black boys, are they being discriminated against in their schools? 
It's investing. If we if we put money back into our school system, you want to see a system that's been run down. There it is. It is right, but but a youth center like Roy. There was a Roy McMurtry Youth Center, so I can't. That's juvenile detention centers. We've, those have fallen by the wayside. We don't invest in those anymore. To, to, you're right. Oh, to, are you kidding me? There's a brand new prison down in the south of Etobicoke. We're building lots of prisons. That's that's happened now, but we really let it lapse for a good 10, 15 years, I think oh, it's safe no, to say. No, no. My friend, we're just going to have to disagree here. We can. If, if, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm used to it. If you put money into yeah. uh, making kids feel like they're part of the society, feel like they have a road to a decent future, feel like they're welcome, yeah. they, they don't go and do this stupid, dangerous stuff. Yeah, I think I think in the preamble, I think you're right. I think post something like that, I, I you know what's the, the the mood on the street seems to be. We can't let those kids have a second chance at taking that car the next time around. Fair enough, Gordon. Really enjoy our conversations, and thanks for getting up early. Have a beautiful weekend. Appreciate the time. Bye now, Gordon Perks, City Council.